You guys hear that? Finding just to live for emotions. <clears throat> Worst advice ever given. Great song, but yeah. Great song, Don't Stop Believing by Journey, but to live just to find emotion. I don't know if that's really where we want to be. So today we're going to actually talk about what we're living for and how to uh, live with our emotions and what our emotions are for and um, how does virtue play into our emotions yeah thank you guys for, for, for staying tuned in the first thing that we have to start off with right is the book of Genesis you know when God created us humans last on the sixth day he created us in his image and his likeness what does that mean right we are different than animals in that we we are able to think we have this rationality and we are also able to have these emotions too we're different than animals in that because of the rationality and the emotions it's freely chosen and for animals it's more of a reaction uh, more than anything and so we're going to talk about the problems that we're seeing in the world today that a lot of people believe that right now uh, rationality is, is seen as the enemy right as a, someone who's devoid of emotion. So pretty much you think of Spock from Star Trek, that's what people think of. And they say, that's wow, it. you went with Spock? Nice. Well, I mean, that's the only one I can think of on top of my head okay. right now. But, yeah. Cool. But, this, but this, there's nothing wrong with being reasonable, reasonable and, and losing a rash, rationality. God is asking us to find that healthy balance. So I'm using a fancy word called faculties. The word faculties... Oh, that's way too fancy. I know. I Break know. it down. But, but bear, bear with us. Faculties means... Our human capabilities, our, our, our abilities to think, our abil abilities to reason, our abilities to do things as human beings. And one of the, the main things that separates us is we have this consciousness within our minds. This is the place where we're able to see images, we're able to c construct ideas, and we're able to have and store all these feelings that we have on, on a daily basis. But we aren't meant to just to live there and wait through the storages of consciousness. God has given us the physical abilities to see, hear, touch as well. And so we need the physical sight to see things around us. But at the same time, is to make that connection from what we see in the outside world to what we are perceiving within our minds. And within that, we need the reasons to help us lead us. Be Otherwise, we're just 
getting lost in our own minds or getting lost within just pure emotions. There's no guiding principle. It's just always you see something, you react to it, and you move to something else. Right. So the emotions, and that's where uh, Aristotle will say that the emotions are like the horses in a chariot, and our rationality is the director. So yep. our emotions are what give us motivation. They're indicators of what's going on in front of us and uh, bounce back towards us but they ultimately are not the place to go and to have make decisions our rationality is what makes decisions and mm-hmm. one of the great parts of um, working with different people is one of the great quotes I came across was uh, emotions are like children mm-hmm. you listen to them but you don't let them run the house mm-hmm. so they're valid yep. and they're very helpful and you validate them, but there's always a reason why, right? If you're asking a child, what, what, why are you angry? What are you, what are you mad about? What, you know, mm-hmm. use your words type of thing. There's always an object of our emotion. So if I'm sad, well, that probably means something's going on that made me sad. So what's the reason of sadness? What's the reason of anger? What's the reason of being joyful? All those, all the emotions, negative or positive, all have um, a object to them and so it's to track mm-hmm. it's use our reason into yep. our emotions and have yes. a dialogue of saying there's an actual point to why i'm feeling what i'm feeling mm-hmm. well empiricism it's not a fancy word and we've, we've already talked about like the like the dangers where is that balance right empiricism is mostly what we know as emotionalism you know it's a theory that says our consciousness is only simply a product of the things that we see the things that we experience. So very, pretty much like a young toddler, right? If he's sad, he'll cry. If he's hungry, you know, he'll scream. Or if he's angry, you know, he'll throw things. So just very quick reaction things. Not very well-founded on reason or a basis for it. So what we're trying to get to, to you guys to understand is that it's good to have all these emotions, but where are they going? Are they just being bowled up? What is the guiding principle for all of these emotions? And so we're going to use that type of mind frame to talk about um, the, uh, the seven capital virtues in contrast to the seven deadly sins. When we look at the seven capital virtues, the lively virtues, we're talking about chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, we got, we got kindness, and humility. We got to define what is a virtue, though. Not a lot of people know that. Okay. You want to define what a uh, virtue is? Sure. So virtue is the act of making good choices or habits which direct us toward a good in order to strive for the excellent. So we all have habits, and habits can be good or they can be bad. They can be vices or they can be virtues. And the good habits are virtues, and the bad habits are vices. And so the virtue is... It's to be virtuous in a given good habit. So that would be chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, humility. All of those are um, practiced over and over and over again, become a habit. Uh, seven Malavi virtues and compare them to the seven deadly sins or the eight deadly sins. And we'll get into that right away. Why is there eight or seven? So um, first, so we're going to talk about the virtue of humility. Humility is the wellspring of all virtue because once we're humble, we recognize I'm loved 
daughter, son of God, and that that is my going relationship, and everything uh, flows from that, so I have what I have, so I know the ultimate truth, and that is the love of God, and I live out of that, so from there, it doesn't really matter what others think of me, or what I have, or what I don't have. Um, Of course, the opposite of humility the vice would be pride and or slash vainglory. So pride is I'm the center of my life. I'm centered on myself and I uh, only care in some sense about myself. Um, but vainglory is I want others to care about me more than God cares for me. Or I'm more paying attention to how other people are looking at me than I am uh, worried about how um, how God's looking at me. I'm worried about all other people. So that's vainglory versus pride. But So the practical advice would be um, to realize that all is gift, all is grace, and to recommend or to talk to others about um, their success and let people know that they're doing good because their giftedness doesn't um, ruin our giftedness. It actually builds us up in humility because we're all gifted and we're all gifted differently. So... Nice. <clears throat> the second um, lively virtue is kindness or a- admiration. It's, it's synonym. And what that means is that with this virtue is you see yourself and others as God's creation. So you are kind to yourself. You're, you are respectful of, your, of yourself um, because that's the human dignity, right? We're made to be loved and we're made to with love and for love. And so uh, with this virtue, you always treat everyone with the same type of compassionate nature that you have in working that virtue. And the opposite of kindness or admiration, the vice would be envy and jealousy. Now, envy and jealousy are very similar in nature, is that you, you, you're you sad that somebody has something better than you. But the big difference between them is that envy is more focused on the good. Like you actually are sad that these people have these good things going for them. Right? You're sad that they have a nice house or a nice car, and you, you kind of wish that you had those things more than they did. Jealousy is looking at the relationships, right? You, you, you're always comparing, con- contrasting. Like, I'm sad that they actually have a good relationship. I'm sad that you know they are in a relationship, and here I am, lonely and single. You know, that's just the main type of like uh, temptations that are you lonely and single that, that people focus. Okay. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. You know, this is the main sure. temptation that girls think like I have to always be in a relationship. And guys, guys, I mean, guys do, or, and guys think the same way too, but. Yeah. But with this virtue, kindness says, "No, I'm loved by God, and I want." And then God's calling me to spread this love to everyone else around me. Um, so, what's the practical way to do this? Um, it's it's us going out of a way to build each other up, right? St. Paul says, "Outdo each other in treating each other with respect and reverence." So, so if they have skills, you know, you compliment and thank you, you know, for the good work that you've done. Well, you know, you're really good at this. You know, it's time to build each other up instead of like comparing, contrasting, and sometimes even like uh, slandering people, right? Because we're so jealous of their relationships, or we're so envy of their of their talents that they have to offer. Right. So, uh, in, in another way of looking at it, is I put my identity in what other people have, yep. and whether they have it or not, I'm mm-hmm. less or more because of that. So, mm-hmm. just because somebody else is in a relationship, or just because somebody else has a cool car doesn't mean that you aren't cool and that you don't you know it doesn't I mean it really doesn't compute because if I'm loved by God like what I have is an icing on the cake like who cares 
So um, it's to put my identity into what I have or who I'm with versus just knowing that seeing myself and others as God sees us. And so it's that admiration and that kindness. And so we speak kind words to those. So then we would have um, a lively virtue of, of forgiveness slash patience. So how are patience and uh, forgiveness uh, together is once when we're patient, we're able to see the full picture of the situation, the full understanding. We're able to not go into vengeance or into violence, but we're able to stay in mercy and we're able to stay in my fallenness and their fallenness and being patient. Mm-hmm. Um, not not having um, a, a blow up, not having, yep. um, of course, the other of this, the, the, the sin of this would be anger or wrath, um, an unreasonable desire for vengeance. So not only yep. do I want to receive justice for the injustice, but I want to go above and beyond that and actually hurt them. So that would be an anger that would be going into sin. It's more wrathful. It's more, um, not only do I want to get back what was taken from me, but I want to do something more than um, just, uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and then that forgiveness um, is the active engagement to uh, interpret why am I angry? What went wrong? Yep. Why do I have to um, engage that? Um, and what needs to be done in order for that right to be right. Because that's what anger is. Anger is the emotion that comes about when there's a perceived injustice. Mm-hmm. And it's a perceived injustice. So first we have to ask, is my perception right? So if somebody mm-hmm. cuts you off in traffic, yep. you could get angry. Mm-hmm. But then you pass them and you realize it's grandma driving. Right? Yep. Are you going to get angry at grandma? Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to get angry at grandma. That doesn't make sense. Your perception was off. So it's a lot easier to, to negotiate that backwards. Okay, my spouse said something to me, and it aggravated me. It, it came against my, my dignity. Okay, um, that's real. But does your significant other know that they did that? Like, that's the real vulnerability part of anger, of like, do you even know that you're doing this to me every time you do this? Because a lot of times we can assume, especially with our loved ones, they don't know they're hurting us because mm. we've never told them that they are. Yep. They don't live inside of our minds. Well, they should. No, we really don't want to. Mm-hmm. So it's part of this vulnerability of like, I'm actually feeling angry every time you do this. Could you knock it off? And if they love us, they're going to want to, we're going to want to move into that forgiveness and they're going to want to stop. They might not be able to right away, but they're going to want to take steps to mend the relationship, which is the active participation or the active uh, advice of that right mm-hmm. so to move into forgiveness to take to mend relationships um, so that that happens so forgiveness the other thing is forgiveness is not a you're getting away with it it's saying this was wrong I forgive you I don't hold this debt over you mm-hmm. I'm going to let God do it or I'm going to let the court system do it or I'm going to let whoever else it's pushing the, the justice that will be remedied towards somebody else it's no longer me and so i don't have to get angry with that so uh yeah so i guess that yeah so i think that's that's how we're gonna end that one no that's good now we're moving on to the next one was diligence or zeal and so the virtue of diligence is that we understand our purpose here on earth so it's very it varies much like a dedicated athlete right 
you're training for a marathon, that's your goal. And so every day you're diligent, taking care of your body, what it needs to eat, what it needs to consume energy, how much you should work out, how many miles you should run, right? Because you know your goal in life. The same way it applies to our spiritual life. You know that God loves you and he has sent you as his beloved son to preach the gospel, right? And so because you know your mission, you're very diligent in, in carrying it out because it's who you are and you feel fulfilled when you do it, right? Um, and so... And so the opposite, the vice of that, of that will be sloth, which means you really don't want to grow. Like you, you're okay with where you're at, and you're okay even not growing at all, too. It's just this sorrow uh, regard to spiritual growth, meaning like, thank you, God, for the gift of life, but meh, you know, I really don't care right now, right? Or, you know, thank you, uh, when people compliment you, like, yeah, whatever. You know, so it's, it's just this indifference, uh, and not really caring, because... You, you understand your motivation of life, but it's just easier to not care. It's easier just to wallow in kind of the self-pity right. uh, in, in that regard. It's a mediocrity of life, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in, it, it fits in the, with the saying, right? Just do the bare minimum. Just get by, right? Uh, a lot of people realize the smarter they get, they can just do the bare minimum just to get by. And God doesn't want you to live like that, right? So there are some practical ways that you can... Um, counteract and attack sloth is to discern your mission, right? So, what I mean by well, what, I mean, what I mean by that, we all called to become holy, and so in what ways can we give back to the church? Some of you are great at teachers, so we need you to teach catechism, right, or, or, or catechists. Some of you are great at being uh, you know hospitable, so we can use you as greeters or different functions and events, right? So, how do you, are you purposefully every day asking God, what do you want of me? That's the best way to tax law, is to ask that question and then to learn from God to accept it and to live it up. That's to grow in diligence and while you're growing in diligence and zeal. The other thing is we don't want to get too caught up in our, our work being our mission. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to look at our vocation as being our mission. Yep. So my vocation to priesthood, religious life, or married right. life, and living that as my mission because my home life is my mission, right? So my mission to love my kids uh, for my kids to love, uh, for kids to love their parents, for that whole dynamic, that is your mission, and that's that's what's salvific, especially I mean in marriage, priesthood, and religious life, and so that real sense of like, mm-hmm. that's my mission. My mission is not my work necessarily. It's from my work to provide for this other mission, right? So. The primary good is uh, a raising of kids and, and living a life of, of love at home and faith at home and hope at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's that real sense of that. So then um, after that, we grow into, which is actually a perfect segue, um, is generosity or the sense of charity. The sense of charity is... Uh, unselfish giving for being human so I want to give myself away Caritas I want to give myself away because it's a human thing to do it's an innate human thing to do it's not quite agape love mm-hmm. of, of, of self-sacrificing but it's a selfless giving um, and so it's that growing uh, in that generosity in that charity of course the uh the vice that could line up with it. Um, we were talking about this, Father Tay and I were talking about some of these can play off of each other and can be in different places, so there's not a straight one-to-one. Mm-hmm. But to have all of them. Anyways, would be avarice or greed. 
So, um, an unreasonable desire for riches, whatever that is, is avarice or greed. I just, I want to take as much as I can. I want to cling to Mm -hmm. all that this world is, essentially, um, because I become rich. Yeah, even though it might harm somebody, you still won't care. Right. Or it's the simple thing of idolatry, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because we make an idol out of um, the riches that are there in the world, the goods that are there, but we we take an unreasonable approach to it. So um, some of the ways we can grow in generosity is to always consider the common good, um, to say what is good here, uh, who else can I help, how can I give myself away to this common good. Mm-hmm. Father Terry was talking about giving myself away to my parish community, how yep. can I give myself away to my kids, mm-hmm. how, can, um, how can kids show their parents that they love them, mm-hmm. so that real sense of, of being generous, unselfish, loving um, would be a way to counteract that. So nice. And then the next uh, lightly virtue would be temperance, otherwise known as uh, asceticism. So what, what that means is it's often mistaken for moderation, right? If I just use things in a good way, that's that's you know I'm a good person. That's good enough, right? But temperance is so much more. It, it really it takes a look at I mean seeing yourself and others as God's creation. Like you understand that God's made you with the utmost respect and dignity. So you carry yourself in that manner of like, okay, because God has spent so much time making me of who I am perfectly, how do I become a good servant and take good care of my of my own self, my body, and my time and talents, right? Um, so it, simple things of life, or for example, sleep, right? It's a Friday night. It's very easy to say, you know, I'm done work. Uh, you know, I'm done with work. It's the weekend. I can sit up late as I can, but then, you know. How is this helping you tomorrow when you go to work? How are you going to be the best servant, right? How are you, how are you taking care of your health as a good steward um, of, of that regard? It, um, it could also be seen... Um, sorry, there's somebody working on a machine outside. Um, so I kind of lost my track there. But anyways, good, so continue on. And so the other word is um, uh, um, asceticism. So more of a self-discipline. You understand your motivate. You understand your purpose here on earth, and how this training and this habitual act of making good actions will continue to lead you to a holier life. So you strive for that. The opposite is gluttony, right? It says, "Why should I bother restraining myself? Why should I bother um, denying myself the goods of this of this earth?" And so you see a lot of people uh, self-indulge a lot, right? Overeating, stress eating, right? Emotional eating. Um, gluttony, uh, it's not just for food. It could be w- w- sexual things, relationships, right? Some people are gluttonous in relationships. Like as soon as they're in, out of a relationship, they're in another relationship quickly. Or it could be screen time, technology, you name it. It just this really immoderate place of like, I need to fill myself good by food, drinks, or any other things in my life. So what are some practical ways to really deny yourself? And when I say fasting, no one wants to do fasting. But, be, but let's be honest. Right? How many of you work out a lot? Do you remember like the sacrifice of like after you work out, you come back home, you're hungry, and you're like, okay, I just worked out for an hour. Do I want those chips? Or do even on a natural level, your body starts to react in a different way. You're more aware. Um, you're more uh, cautious of what you're putting in because you you're more attentive to your body. And when you practice this virtue, it's going to be the same for your spiritual sense. It'll be really heightened, and you can understand what's going on. Like, am I just Pitying and self-pity, or do I not believe that God can love me? You know, so 
So that's what we have for temperance and asceticism and gluttony. And last one, Father Brian. Last one. Lively virtue, chastity. Um, chastity is an understanding of all-out purity. So I act, the, the pure of heart shall see God, right? And you wonder why our world doesn't see God as clearly as we could. Um, with all the images and um, hypersexualized culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, all pure of heart will see God. And so what is that? That means in everything I do, I know my dignity and I know what God created me to be, his beloved son, his beloved daughter. And so I have the characteristics uh, to respect others and myself, um, which means um, in how I act, in what I do and what I don't do, um, to be chased not only, and it's, this is the important part, it's not a behavior, it's a way of life. So I respect myself because God gave me his dignity uh, through Jesus. And so I act in that way. Um, but that's just who I am. Mm. So, uh, it's to, and then that's how I respect others is their beloved sons, their beloved daughters. Mm. And I treat myself that way and I treat others that way. Mm. Of course, the, the deadly sin there is lust, um, which is instead of giving of myself, it's taking for myself. Um, it's, um, this is my body given up for you. Uh, it's the reverse of that. It's this is your body given up for me. Um, and we take. And so we're treating others as means for physical pleasure. Or we're taking them as um, objects in order for our own, uh, yeah, our own, I guess, yeah, physical pleasure. So uh, the big thing is, is practically to grow in chastity is to examine our relationships how am I, in some sense, using people in a non-healthy way? Um, and then the obvious, uh, avoid porn, avoid um, lustful things, lustful thoughts, lustful, uh, all those things. So to grow in that, um, and that real desire, right, in our hearts to, to see God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the pure of heart shall see God. So exactly. to really pray with that and to be with that. So. Yeah, if that happens to be one of your, your crosses of, of lust, there's plenty of resources out there. Fighting the new drug, Fortify, Covenant Eyes, yep. there's a whole bunch of things out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just shoot those out there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that wraps up kind of this chart here. Thanks for listening to Practical Rambling Fathers, yeah. Seven Deadly Sins, Seven Lively Virtues. We'll put a few links into other videos, too, that sum it up probably better, and, but they're a little bit longer, obviously. Mm. So I uh, hope you have a good... Christmas season, Advent season, or prepping for Jesus to come. Amen. Um, his first coming, his daily coming, mm-hmm. and his last coming. Amen. So, Thank you for listening so much. God bless. God we'll bless. We'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. So how do we practically go about this? Well, it's to basically find the sin that we're struggling with the most in some sense, the vice, and say, okay, what's the virtue parallel to that? And how do I grow in that? Um, you know, if it's anger, to grow in being merciful towards ourselves and towards others, compassionate, patient, um, and that real sense of forgiveness. Um, it's to, to move past the moment, right? The moment of anger. If it's an indicator, why am I angry? Okay, what can I forgive? Okay, if it's... Um, Pride, if I really am filled with 
myself and seeking myself. Mm-hmm. How do I grow in humility? How do I say nothing is actually mine? And to say that, and then after saying that, to say what is others and what is that dynamic? And so to see myself in the light of God versus the light of the world and that, those types of things. So those are just a few um, ways to grow. And then also there's a, some of these, there's a psychological element too to it and a deeper healing that needs to take place. Um, but we can talk about those at another or podcast. Next time. next time. Not this time, but next time after the third time. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about uh, the cardinal virtues next. Faith, hope. No, not faith, hope, and love. Those are the theological virtues. Which we're going to talk about after that. We're going to talk about the cardinal virtues. Uh, temperance, prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about that next. Yeah, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. I know it's tough material and it's dry, but it's very important for our lives. So, you know, we got to have patience in order for good things to come. So thank you for listening to us. And once again, we're the Practical Rambling Fathers. Woo-woo! And we just passed up 500 downloads in three months. So that's pretty exciting. So thank you for all of your support. support. We'll chat later.